Welcome to Tuning In. I'm Kenzie. And I'm Terry. And we are back after a few weeks. We've, I don't know, we took a lot longer for the last couple episodes, but I feel like we're, you know, on a timely manner. We're getting it together. You're talking about Beyonce. I'm talking about the Eagles. I just, I'm very curious as to what you have to say this week. So I'm really excited to get into it. Yeah, it was a voyage, that's for sure. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll start out. What have you been listening to? Have you anything new, exciting? Uh, let's see, new. Oh, you know, let's see, new. You know, I'm not a big ACDC fan, but they they got back together and there was all sorts of obstacles. And, oh. Um, not a big fan, but you know, kind of on the periphery. Yeah, well, it's just kind of kept track of them. But yeah. anyway, they got a new album coming oh. out. They got a new song. And, you know, these guys are pushing 65, 70 years old. It's really the song is really good. I mean, really? it, yeah, it's pretty impressive. I'm watching them do this video. Oh, um, they made a video for it, too. Yeah. What's it called? Shot in the Dark or something like that. It's actually it's pretty good. Uh, wow. it, it ranks right up there with uh, real classic stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I was kind of impressed with that. I thought that was pretty good. I saw that Bruce Springsteen has a new album out. Yeah, I listened to it. I haven't that. listened to it, but. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I don't know. I got to listen to it a couple times. It wasn't my favorite. Oh, really? It was okay. a song or two or, you know, okay. I don't know. I got to listen. Sometimes I've said that, though, and then I go spin it two or three times, and then, you know, it kind of catches on. So I've done that before. Right. So I not this. I don't want to hurt his sales, but now I like Bruce. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And Bruce, but if you're listening, we're sorry. I wasn't just blown away. Hmm. Uh, what else? So I've been listening to, I've been digging back. Daryl Hall of Hall & Oates. I've been listening to solo LPs and uh, hmm. got those in the car and cruising with those. Those are good. Um, Damn Yankees with kind of again, dipping into Tommy Shaw of Sticks and stuff that, you know, aside from Sticks. So he, you know, did Damn Yankees. And I just, I don't know, when I listened to a few of their songs when those came out in the 90s, but I didn't really dig deep on that. Or I don't know, I just yeah. wasn't into it. Pretty good. I was kind of enjoying that. And then uh, he has Shaw Blades, it's called. And it's with Jack Blades, who is part of the Damn Yankees. And oh, okay. I was like, so he's, yeah. there's a duo that they uh, just uh, gig that they did together. And so anyway. He has, they have an album that's called Influence with all these old classic songs from the early 70s that they revamped in the 2000s. It's pretty good. So I've been listening to that. Yeah. So I've just been kind of digging around uh, with stuff I just never had had access to. Yeah. Now yeah. we got the time. Yeah. What have you been doing? <laughs> um, nothing too exciting. I'm trying to think if there's any new albums. There's a new... Oh, <gasps> Hmm. I didn't think that there was new music, but there is. Luke Combs released five new songs. Hmm. Um, also, I just realized that like a lot of our former guests, not a guest. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> nobody's been on this show. Yeah. Um I people that we've talked about um have released new albums and stuff over the summer and stuff, and so I think a lot of the people, like I know, I've still kind of listened to the new Glass Animals album a lot. And I mean, it's more of the people that I gave to you that right. I know that they've released new stuff, but there's that. And then Armchair Expert, one of my favorite podcasts, you know, got to 
support fellow podcasters. <laughs> um, but he interviewed Matthew McConaughey and I love Matthew McConaughey and he just released a new book apparently. And there's like an audio book. And I just love listening to Matthew McConaughey talk. So <laughs> I'm like tempted to buy the audio version. Well, he was but just on Howard Stern too. Was he? Well, I think he's probably doing like rounds of going, you know, like when people release something. Their book tour. Yeah. So he was on Armchair Expert and then he did Hot Ones. I don't know if you've ever talked about Hot Ones on this show, but we really like that show. Yeah. Um, and it kind of have you watched it yet i haven't no i was I, I need to do that yeah no actually he he did good but it's kind of funny because he can't take the heat too well oh okay so anyways that's my matthew mcconaughey spiel um and yeah luke combs new music is great and that's how i feel about the new stuff going on cool all right yeah <laughs> well, right, want well me to tell us about Beyonce. My Beyonce. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yep. I'm just ready. I'm curious. Well, yeah. Okay. So I, you know, during the afternoon, sometimes when I'm working when I I'm a teacher, I'm doing distance learning, uh, just for those people out there that know when I'm talking about working. So at times when I'm lesson planning or something like that, I'll turn on the tunes and stuff I can just kind of flow with. And I thought, I, I need to get to work on my Beyonce listening. So I was doing that and I turned on the first album. Oh <laughs> that is not like I'm just like, music. okay, I'm really trying to listen to this and work, skip, work, <laughs> skip. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just going through the first album. I'm really trying and I'm like, oh man, this is going to be, it's going to be a rough one. And I think I went through the second album and it was about the same experience. And I, Wow. Okay. So <laughs> now what? Is this just going to be the way? Because I know some of her songs. I mean, yeah. I've heard them and i like, where are they? And, <laughs> and I thought, well, we'll listen to the early stuff. And I'm sure she's got some good stuff. That, and I, I'm sure, you know, for Beyonce fans out there, I'm sure you like it. Uh, it just wasn't working for me, though. So, so anyway, that was my initial experience outside of just the real popular songs that, you know, you couldn't avoid from hearing. Mm -hmm. So then I, so I really had to get to work. And so I'll tell you about that. But let's go dive back a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> Beyonce Giselle, Giselle, I think, Knowles Carter. So her name means beyond others. Did you know that? I actually did not. Okay, I got a few things. So and I'll, I'll we'll get back to this. You you assigned me about Queen B, mm -hmm. and I even learned that some people mispronounce it. Somebody was from the Disney Channel or something on a podcast or a TV show called it Queen Bay, and fans just because it's they spell it B E Y like right. And I think it was on a TV show. Maybe it was Disney or something. I'm not sure. But anyway, I've heard people call her like Bay before, but like, yeah, the oh, the, the, the purists like... are all over that. Like, no, 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 no. I learned <laughs> that, that is our queen. <laughs> yes. And so it's Queen B, even though it's B-E-Y, because it starts Beyonce. Anyway, mm -hmm. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I, you don't do that. So, yeah, our super fans are known as the Beehive, B-E-Y-H-I-V-E. And they call her the queen. So that's kind of one angle it's kind of like many roads lead to this 
Interesting. And I have questions for you because I don't know that I found the answers specifically. Okay, I might have the answers. We'll see. I don't know. Anyway, so interesting. I'll I'll do some interesting facts and kind of intersperse it. Maybe a little different than I usually do. So she's distantly and then very distantly related to Queen Elizabeth, one of the Queen Elizabeths. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no kidding. (laughs) So there you go with the Queen thing. So there's this thread. She, uh, it's through a shared answer of Henry II, King Henry II, I believe. So, <laughs> and she's 25th cousin once removed, is the yeah, so it's you know, it's quite out there, but there is a thread, but it's there, Elizabeth. yeah. <laughs> she's it's also traceable. distantly related to Madonna, what and Celine Dion, How? yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. How does one person have so much power? I know, but then it kind of, see, that kind of feeds into the mm-hmm. whole image. So I thought, well, okay, maybe that's just meant to be. I don't know. I've never but, heard of that before. That's yeah, because they're kind of in her wheelhouse. Celine Dion and Madonna, they're all part of that. And yeah. So I'm going to skip down here in my notes while we're at it. So, of course, her influences are like Diana Ross, which before your time, but you ever heard of her? Yeah, I've heard of the name. Diana Ross and the Supremes. And Diana Ross is kind of the, in their time, kind of the diva, Mm -hmm. big deal. And then um, Whitney Houston. Mm -hmm. Mariah Carey is also an influence. And then Michelle Obama, non-musician, but uh, Mm. some big names. So anyway, that kind of feeds into her. Yeah, powerful people. Powerful, yeah. So a little bit about her. She was born and raised in Houston, Texas. And so she was involved in music throughout her childhood and her teens. And by age eight, Beyonce, Latavia Johnson and Kelly Rowland all were going to school together. And they formed a little trio called Girls Time, T-Y-M-E. Mm. And well, actually, they weren't a trio. Those, that was, those three plus three other girls, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And they were called Girls Time, so a group of six. And they were kind of doing these talent shows and things like that and getting a little bit of attention down there and then they later appeared on star search which i think you've heard of mm-hmm. you know and that kind of died out in the early 90s somewhere that kind okay. of ran its course that was a big deal there for a while it was kind of somewhere like between the voice and uh, uh american idol and i remember it was on an there. episode of full house oh okay yeah. And so that's where I heard of it. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a band called the Crazy Eights from Corvallis, Oregon here that were on the cusp of just gigantic stardom. And they were really big around here and they got on Crazy Eights and mm. either one or came on second. I can't remember which. And so that got everybody all revved up around here. But nice. Yeah. So anyway, well, girls time lost on there. But Beyonce's father, who worked for Xerox, resigned from his job and to manage them. And this is by about 1995. And so the girls are about 14 years old or so. And so he felt like they had real talent and he could go ahead and get them a recording contract. And so they pared down to four members. I don't know whatever, which two they lost or let go. I don't know how Mm -hmm. that went down, but then they got a recording contract. And so Girls Time changed their name to Destiny's Child. Yeah, so Beyonce was part of that. And then Destiny's Child is based on a verse in the book of Isaiah. 
mm. uh, that they got that. So then Destiny's Child, Beyonce, uh, 1997, they got a song on the Men in Black soundtrack. That's where they first, the world first heard Destiny's Child. And so this was a Beyonce, also a Latoya Tuckett, Latavia Johnson then became Roberson, and Kelly Rowland. So there were four of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they went on and made an album and did really well, won several awards. Yeah, they did some touring, I believe, and you know, it became a big deal overnight, overnight sensations. Came out with an album in 99 called The Writings on the Wall. And right around that, maybe after the album, Latavia and Latoya were out. So mm. I, dad had a lot, Beyonce's dad had a lot to do with the management. And I'm not exactly sure the details of why those two were out, but they were let go. It didn't go over well, of course. And so we have a lawsuit coming up. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> we always do. put me through that. And then um, Michelle Williams came in and they became a trio. Mm-hmm. So Beyonce, out of all that, you know, so Beyonce, everybody knows her. She was kind of described as the quiet one in the group. She would be the one that the other two would be very vocal behind the stage and all this type of stuff. And Beyonce would be kind of sitting quietly often and, uh, you know, not be talking it up a whole lot. So it's kind of surprised me. You would, I yeah. wouldn't have thought that I didn't know anything about her. So, so by 2001, the law, the lawsuit had started with Roberson and Tuckett versus destiny child and Sony music. <laughs> I don't know all the details of it. I don't know how it worked out. Uh, it was really hard to kind of sort through. Uh, I didn't think it was too important for our episode, but just know that there was bad blood and, <laughs> and yeah. another yet another lawsuit so, to talk about. And meanwhile, Beyonce uh, was getting into films and she was in the Austin Powers sequel. Mm. And she started getting into some other cameo roles and I think actually yeah, she a little was in bit the more Pink Panther. <laughs> Pink Panther. That was the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, so she was getting into some uh, film roles and kind of getting out there a little bit more. And guess what happened in 2001 with Destiny's Child? Hiatus. Yes, they did. They went on a hiatus. <laughs> so as they all, all your uh, assignments seem to do, too. And they started their solo projects, all of them. And so Beyonce uh, started her solo album uh, with that. And by... 2003, she had the Dangerously in Love LP. That was my first research. (laughs) So I already told you about that, but it was a top-selling LP. So obviously, I don't know much. uh, Great nostalgic music for me, but not good for when you're um, working on your computer. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was rough. And so it didn't have quite the flow I was looking for. So yeah. That being said, what do I know? Because he was selling millions of albums and everybody loved it. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's great. So she kind of had that going. Now that was taken off. And this is by design by 04. Destiny's Child put out their final and planned final LP called Destiny Fulfilled. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. And so this is a pre-planned breakup you know, to go on their own ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, They became a quartet again with Beyonce's sister, Solange, I believe. Yeah, Solange. She joined the group for one album. Mm -hmm. She was doing backup, I guess. And so yeah, she does a lot of stuff on her own nowadays, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd never heard of her, but 
so anyway, they did that and final tour and, you know, the whole thing. And so, you know, Destiny's Child became big, you know, there was tour album, tour album and all sorts of wondrous things and awards. And, mm-hmm. and by then, you know, it was time for Beyonce's second album and it was called B-Day and it was released on her 25th birthday. That wasn't by accident. <laughs> so by then, you know, Beyonce's into tours and stardoms and she's got hit songs, none of which I can remember at the moment. So this is the ones I didn't concentrate on. <laughs> I couldn't I can imagine them. them. I, I but, get you. So this was part of my research where I was really hitting the wall. Hmm. So, you know, I kind of jumped around, but I came mm-hmm. up on, I thought, let's just go back to the songs I do know. Mm-hmm. And it landed me on the I Am Sasha Fierce LP. Oh, yeah, you texted me. You were like, I, that, was I right. that was all right. You know, I, I was okay with that. Actually, the, the, you know, I had kind of a good flow to it. And I learned that, that side one of Sasha Fierce, and we'll talk more about this in a second, but it was really aimed at mainstream and new fans. Mm. So getting new fans, getting into the mainstream music. And then side two was aimed more at the older fans. So I'll have to go back and look at that a little bit more. Read yeah. this that, but, um, but yeah, she was, she kind of had a, a real uh, objective with that album as far as kind of old and the new well, that's and cool. getting into the mainstream music a little bit more than she had before. So Sasha Fierce. Yeah. This is her alter ego. Yeah. Did you know that? I feel like I've heard that, but I never have dove deep into it so sasha fierce was this alter ego she created to keep her stage persona separate from who she really is and she was really trying to develop the stage persona because she was had this stage shyness mm-hmm. and she was kind of kind of freaked out about going Which on is stage so i mean crazy to think yeah was, so you know she came out with these single single ladies uh if i were a boy and halo and i think there are a few others and then and then, but really try to develop this Sasha uh, fierce persona. And mm. I think I have some more on that here a little bit later, but, um, but that was really a thing. She wanted to get this alter ego going, Interesting. you know, where there's two Beyonce's the on stage and she could just totally focus on that and get into that kind of get over the shyness then go, you know, off stage and home and do her own thing and be her own person. Yeah. And they described her, uh, you know, the real Beyonce at home is one with, you know, no makeup, very quiet. It's kind of known as B to her friends. Doesn't Mm -hmm. like to eat junk food, Uh, you know, that type (laughs) of stuff. So, you know, pretty down to earth is a lot different than what you see on stage these days. So, yeah. So after that, she went kind of interesting, a little Sasha Fear note. Sasha, Sasha, I can't say it. Sasha Fierce <laughs> note here, but in a moment, but she got this meta went into this metamorphosis of who she was going to her next stage of her uh, career. So, okay. and she married Jay Z, and that added a whole new element too, of course. Mm-hmm. And in her her description, she killed off Sasha Fierce. Oh, <laughs> didn't need Sasha anymore. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's no need for Sasha. Her uh, did, served a purpose. So uh, back, you know, in 20, 2008 is when that album came out, you know, for about 
two years and Sasha did, you know, her purpose. And then, so she killed her off, didn't need her anymore. And so that's how that was described. And then she fired her father as manager too. Yeah. And seized control of her own brand. And so it, this is part of the queen bee, I think Mm. the image and began an era of rarely giving interviews. So, so you kind of became more mysterious. Oh yes. I was like kind of talking to you about this where I was like, pay attention to like her Instagram and like, you don't see interviews with Beyonce. And so I'm glad you dove into that a little bit. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out, it wasn't all in one place. You had to look, I looked at multiple sources and kind of putting this together and uh, of uh, reviews and such. So, yeah. So this, what do you think this is where the queen uh, bee era began is from your I think so because I had to look back at the Sasha Fierce album and be like what is even on this you know like I didn't even Mm -hmm. know but then looking back I was like oh wait there's like a ton of hits on this album but I kind of know like the pre-Sasha Fierce album and the post-Sasha Fierce albums are like iconic in my mind Mm -hmm. but there's still some really great songs on it so I think that that's kind of when things it was a turning point yeah i remember that album i think it was at starbucks probably yeah oh yeah right by the cash register i remember (laughs) seeing that and so and i remember the song you know you were just couldn't go without hearing the song somewhere oh of course songs and so i I remember they had that right up at the cash register for some reason funny yeah and then what do you think happened in 2010 um a lawsuit or a hiatus a hiatus a very short one though from herself like yeah she went out touring she went her her mother or grandmother i'm not sure which i think it was her mother wanted her to live life and be inspired by things again and gave her that advice so she went did a lot of touring of europe and just not not singing just okay sightseeing and that type of thing and vacationing and toured around the world and probably just kind of recollected herself getting yeah. ready for the next stage because 2011 was named after her favorite number four called four because ah. it was fourth album that all came together wonderfully mm-hmm. and then uh so she you know the massive tour the whole thing hits and then 2013 she did a self-titled album since she didn't do that her first album <laughs> which is common sometimes by about the fourth or fifth uh they go oh, i need to go back to basics this was an lp kind of a electro r&b hmm. i guess she unexpectedly released this to fans on itunes oh i don't know kind of like a you i don't know if she did it like you two did when it, it landed on it everybody's just... <laughs> iPads. Everyone was so upset. I know. That. Yeah, that one didn't work out well. I think that backfired. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Mm-hmm. It was an innovative idea that didn't go over well. But no, no. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, Beyonce's did that. I didn't get, I don't recall that happening on my phone. I don't either. So maybe it was just released on iTunes for your download, not. Yeah. Literally in your house. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> right. so this album uh has darker themes on of bulimia postnatal depression marriage motherhood fear so it kind of goes dark Mm. yeah so yeah anyway you talked uh, a little bit about this album and you know recommended it to me and so but 2016 is the lemonade album oh yes yes, yes. listen to that that was interesting that was way different than sasha fierce Mm -hmm. um 
because I really concentrated on these two albums, Sasha Fierce and then Lemonade. Way different. It's got a lot of R&B with a lot of different musical influences. Uh, like Jack White, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Marcus Miller, who I don't know who that is. Do you? I don't. I don't, know. I don't know. But anyway, he's on there. But there's a lot of uh, influences on this. So it was interesting, interesting album. So I found it interesting. There's a lot of expletive songs on there about half of them are marked that that i didn't notice that she had done before but i understand kind of in the context knowing Mm -hmm. how reason she put this all together and so it really there's a lot of themes going on on this so it kind of stemmed for her emotional journey after jay-z jay-z's uh infidelity and a and she said it's in a generational and racial context. So it's more than just that. Mm-hmm. And so every song corresponds to the, the uh, there's that lemonade film. Mm-hmm. And it co- corresponds to a chapter. And so she wanted to show a historical impact of slavery on black love and what it has done to the black family and black men and women. So this it's got larger implications from what her, this theme has uh, wow. of this album. And she says, you know, she's saying that how we're almost socialized not to be together. And she was saying in the black community, that's this theme that she was trying to emphasize. And so her songs really go into that. And there's some anger into that. Well, yeah, because yeah, you, emotions, if you listen obviously. all the way through, you can tell yeah. some songs and there's a lot of ups and downs in them. and. You know, and I'm not just totally loved with listening to expletives when I'm trying right. to go with the flow. So, right. I'm like, okay, wow, what are, we, what are we getting into? And then, so I didn't really know the context of the album real well. Probably should have done the research first. <laughs> You're like, why is she so angry? Like, yeah, I don't know, just having a bad day or what? But <laughs> so, yeah, I understood it way better. And then uh, this title the title lemonade comes from her grandmother stating about ups and downs in life. And she was saying, which we've heard this before I was served lemons, but I made lemonade. So yeah. Yeah. Those are the things that I never really thought about. I was like, Oh, lemonade. I'm so excited. But like, I don't know why it's called that. Yeah. I remember when it came out, I remember hearing about it. It was a big deal. I never listened to it, but yeah. So yeah, it was, uh, it draws from uh, also the music also draws from overlooked and forgotten black female blues musicians. So there's some historical musical context that feed into this too. So there's a lot of roads coming into these, this theme yeah. of the album. So I, I, you know, it was way different than her other albums. And, you know, Sasha had a, a theme more about herself, mm-hmm. you know, and try to break uh, chain create this identity and then this uh this one just has so many things it's really a deep-rooted theme yeah so then yeah so you know that was a huge album and uh you know a lot of hits and things on that and then 2018 uh she did the joint album with jay-z and did a tour didn't you go to that i did go to that i still talk about that all the time like on the run tour okay yeah the album is everything is love, I think. And so, yeah. So that was yeah. a, a joint. That, that was the last album that she's done, other than Lion King soundtrack. She did some songs for that. And then uh, the one with like Childish Gambino's on that and mm-hmm. others. And so, it's but very did- interesting. Like, this is kind of a side note, 
But when I was on the tour, it was because I think this album came before Lemonade and it was kind of during that infidelity section with Actually, it was after. Was that was it after? Yeah, 2018. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Um, so but yeah, it was kind of during all that, and it was very interesting because we didn't know if it was like a like a front for them to get more attention uh-huh. or what, because they went on tour together, but there was like these rumors that they were getting divorced, and like, but then they were on stage showing like family movies together and there's a song called resentment and she like changed the lyrics to fit the Jay-Z situation. And it's just very interesting. It's like, there was just a lot of little breadcrumbs that we weren't really sure what she was like leading up to, but then the lemonade album kind of had like a lot more stuff about their relationship and whatnot. And so it just is very interesting how it kind of evolved through her music, but like, I never actually heard what happened. So. Well, you know, she really built up this persona. I mean, her, her status is just like the total queen bee at that point, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think this album just propelled it to a whole, whole new height. Absolutely. And then other out, you know, the album of Jay-Z and the tour just, yes the superstardom level, mm-hmm. you know, that ranks right up there, you know, with your Mariah Carey's Madonna's and Oh, for sure. So forth, Whitney Houston's and which, you know, are either her relatives or yeah. her, <laughs> just or her family her, members, her influence. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, some uh, songs that I put on the playlist here would be be with you. That was an older one haunted oh that's one of my favorites um halo that was pretty brutal on you know it's like either I, it was either on here or if it was i didn't like it it never made the light of day uh <laughs> smash into is it smash into you that's why you're it doesn't go any further and i don't want to play it on the radio here or the podcast yeah, one no, called radio right. that and then hello sweet dreams and then, you know, of course, just the hits that she's had. Mm-hmm. But those were kind of some of the uh, ones that I had never heard of. That Yeah, I was going to say, you kind of hit some some deep cuts there. Yeah, which I like. Yeah, exactly. It seems on so, brand. I have some fun facts. Let's hear them. Yeah. So she's allergic to perfume. Oh. Yeah. I wouldn't think that. Our <laughs> favorite ice cream is butter pecan. Okay. Yeah. One time, a bodyguard stood on her toe and broke it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I think I mentioned that. Yeah, I did. Favorite numbers, four. This was interesting, and this is from two, two or three sources. And it was on Twitter from a relative, too. So one time, and I saw that there's a clip, but I couldn't really tell what she did. I would never have known it, but it wasn't a very good uh, video. She once ripped out and tossed a $250,000 earring out of her ear kind of just t- she got she was really into this song and really deep and emotionally into this song and going to town on it and then she just ripped this earring I guess out of her ear I couldn't really tell in the video but it's all over the place and she threw it into the crowd while she was singing well this was supposedly was borrowed oh no and she started bleeding 
<laughs> yeah, she's kind. I guess she's wiping blood. I didn't. Like I said it was only a 10 second video, so I couldn't really tell. Right. Uh, and she said, when I asked about it, she said, oh, I'm just not sure why. I was just in the moment. And then her cousin, I don't know how, retrieved it. Oh. Yeah, and got it back. And somehow this, this was before Sasha Fierce. So this kind of contributed to that Sasha Fierce alter ego. Maybe she was developing it and Mm -hmm. that stage persona was coming to life yeah so that was part of that so i thought that was kind of interesting that two hundred fifty thousand dollar earring just chucking in the crowd it, yeah that's bold <laughs> that is very bold well it either means yeah a bad mistake or you're doing really well yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna guess do it that. depends on the repercussions of that one so um it wasn't my favorite but yeah. it was interesting to learn. And, it, you know, I mean, it was something I, even some of these deep cuts, I kind of enjoyed those. And it was just yeah. something I never would have went down. I, I really found the Lemonade and Sasha Fierce album concept pretty fascinating. Cool. And I wouldn't have known that. I just thought, I remember Sasha Fierce when it came out. I, like I said, saw it at Starbucks or whatever. I just thought, oh, this is silly. You yeah. Know, you know, what is this? And, and now I know a lot more. And then I remember Lemonade came out. And I don't know, just didn't mean anything. And right. And so the, I, I give her credit. That's, that's some pretty deep themes going on there and uh, really well thought out of how you merge all that together. And a yeah. lot of people didn't even know these albums were going to come out too. So I don't know how she kept all the secrets. Oh no, she's yeah. She's always just dropping them. Like yeah. a lot of times it just like, like I said, she's just a like, a quiet secretive person in the music world it's like she kind of just does whatever she wants and we're just here for it <laughs> yeah so pretty fascinating person i was uh yeah would have never known <laughs> yeah exactly that's kind of why i wanted you to see just yeah yeah you gotta know yeah exactly now yeah. you do yeah, i do <laughs> <laughs> maybe her new. Uh -huh. maybe, i'm sure, sure she's probably got a new album ready to drop and none of no one knows I don't know. She's been posting a lot on Instagram this week. I was like, yeah. whoa. Oh, but she also family. has like a clothing line that she's been posting about. So mm. she's doing lots of things. She's yeah. a busy bee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you want to hear about the Eagles? I do want to hear about the Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. So I would just like to preface this with I, I really enjoyed this week. I really enjoyed the Good. Eagles. Good. Um, it was very interesting to me because you said that they kind of had like some country undertones and I wasn't really sure exactly what that meant and like how do you be country but not country and so I just wasn't sure and I kind of listened to things on shuffle and it got me a little confused because it was kind of more like I wasn't paying attention to what album they were coming from so then I would hear a song and I liked it and I don't know. It was just, I realized I needed to start at the beginning and kind of go from there. Um, and so I'll have, you know, once again, I listened to full albums. Wow. I listened to the first two and a half full albums. Wow. Um, and I actually love the first album. Really? Like they're, it's very much country, yeah. but like, it's kind of the country rock and I'll get into this of course, but like, yeah, I really like their first album. Um, 
So pretty much the Eagle, well, sorry, it's not the Eagles, which I'll also get into that. <laughs> it's just Eagles. Um, they started in 1971 and their original members were, this is their last names, but Frey, Henley, Leiden, and Meisner. Frey, actually. It looks is like it Frey? Yeah. Ugh, it just seems like Frey in my mind. Well, it's spelled like that too. But, okay, Frey. So basically... Glenn Fry and Don Henley were in LA and they were working for a lady named Lisa Ronstadt. And Linda. maybe that's an, Linda. what? Linda Ronstadt. What? I am ruining this. <laughs> um, <laughs> off to a great She was start. really, really popular back then. Okay. Cause yeah. do you say he? She. Oh, I was like, Linda. <laughs> um, so, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, Linda Ronstadt was very popular. I wasn't really sure who she was, but uh, Fry and Henley were working for her. And um, the reason that they were out there is that like Henley moved to LA to record an album with Kenny Rogers. Um, and it was kind of a country album. And then, I don't know, Fry was out there for another reason. They all just kind of met up through lisa ronstadt sorry linda ronstadt and um (laughs) um, they all met up through her and so then meisner and leiden also came to la and they're all in other bands but then they really wanted randy meisner and bernie leiden to be like in a band together like fry and henley were like okay we like we want to form a band and Linda was behind them. She was like, I got you guys. And so she actually recruited the two guys into her own band and like music scene just so that Fry and Henley could like get in touch with them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So it was kind of all like a grand scheme, oh, wow. like behind the scenes thing. And I'm like just surprised by that because you'd think that if someone else is recruiting them for like for Linda's band or whatever she was up to, you wouldn't like you think that she'd be selfish and be like, no, I want to keep all of you. But she was down for them to start Eagles and they pretty much started out as Teen Kings and the Emergencies was their (laughs) first original name. And they were kind of performing at clubs and then they decided to change it to Eagles and it the reasoning behind it varies from person to person someone says that one of the band members looked up and said look eagles and that was how it decided and then the other one was like i don't even know something to do with just eagles in general and they were like oh yeah they were kind of like tripping out in a desert or something yeah i think that i didn't get specific facts but it's like they saw an eagle or were talking about eagles you know and then Steve Martin is actually like good friends with the band. And he says it's the Eagles. So <laughs> who knows? And even the band doesn't know. And so um, in 1972, they released their first self-titled album, yeah. which I was like, no wonder he loves them. Yeah. Um, and the, one of their hit songs was Take It Easy, which I'm sure most people know whether or not you know it or not. Um. And then it was just really like smash hit. People really loved it. Got them on the map a little bit. Um, and that that's the album that I actually really enjoyed. Um, and I think I'd probably listen to that in my own free time, honestly. 
Um, Their second album was Desperado. It was not as popular, but I think it still really had that country vibe, but it was much more like Wild West kind of country, which I noticed. And it was not my favorite. It wasn't bad, but it's not the kind of country that I like. I felt like it was more like cowboy yeah, it is. Rock and roll. I don't know. They so, have an old video. You know, no one did videos. Per se. I don't even know. I was going to say, I had the hardest time. They have like no videos. Yeah. That, I mean, no, no they, that wasn't really There is one thing, for like, that album. Doolin Dalton, I think, or one of those songs. I think it's on that album. And, you know, they're out in the Wild West and it's all that sepia tone or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. where it looks like an old movie. And, right. Um, and they're like out in the wild west and having a shootout and stuff for that and so it was like some early form of a video or a little mini movie or something yeah i remember seeing that somewhere and i don't know where they showed that back then i you know wasn't online or anything of course yeah that but yeah anyway go ahead i don't know yeah. uh, like i had a hard time finding anything but um, it wasn't as popular, but Henley and Fry were co-writers of it. And that's when they kind of started taking like the lead roles of the band is when they kind of started taking a lot of initiative. Um, so the first two albums were considered country rock. And then the third album, they kind of tried to break away from it and become more hard rock. Um, and they had a producer named, maybe you know how to say his name, but it's Bill... This is how it's spelled. And I even looked it up how to say it and like that nobody I, I didn't find anything. Um it's S Z Y M C Z Y K. That's his last name. I don't know. Um so I'm gonna call him Su- Bill Susie Mac. And <laughs> um so Bill Susie Mac suggested that John Don uh Felder who he pretty much like they hired him to do one guitar line in the band and um, for the song Good Day in Hell. And then pretty much they really enjoyed him and they were like, all right, you're in the band. And he was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so after that, he just joined. And then in 1975, they released another album, One of These Nights. And the song itself of One of These Nights was actually like number one in charts. And it's actually Fry's favorite Eagle song of all time. I like that. It starts off with that big bass. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it makes song. sense. It was a good one. That's a great song. Um, And it kind of led them into like a huge worldwide tour. They got cover of Rolling Stone. And at that point, Leiden was really upset that they're moving on from country music and pretty much left the band. And it all happened if he got mad and spilled a beer over uh, Fry's head and said, you need to chill out. And then left the band. (laughs) And so Joe Walsh came in as his replacement. Um, In 1976, they released a Greatest Hits album, which I realized was one of their many Greatest Hits album. This one was like, it's very specific. It was really good. But I felt like over time they kept doing like history of the Eagles, Eagles (laughs) Greatest Hits, like I was sick and tired of reading about that, but this is the first one. And it actually was the U.S.'s highest selling album of the 21st or sorry, not the 20th century until 2009 wow. when Michael Jackson's thriller became popular again after he passed away. So 
it was, I mean, pretty big one for a while there. Um, and then they also released Hotel California that year, which was like obviously one of their biggest albums or at least most well-known. Um, and that's actually the huge. first. Uh, yeah. Life in the Fast Lane. And mm-hmm. There's some uh, classic songs on that album. It's a good album. Apparently um, the cover art for it, uh, the hotel that they took a picture of almost like didn't let the music so i don't think they got permission to use the hotel um but it obviously ended up being fine well that song is really controversial of uh, what it's about and or well yeah it's about the dark underbelly of the american dream and excess in america which is something that they knew about um (laughs) i just (laughs) that happened to be my next fact um but yeah no it was kind of there's a lot of undertones to it and i didn't really I, sh- I should have listened to that one more, but I kind of wanted to listen to the ones that I Well, there's some people about. thought it was satanic. Oh, yes, I heard about that. Yeah, so there was all sorts of, uh, you know, people saying it was all about that. And they were, they were explaining more. It's what you had just described. And Right. <laughs> Sorry. People are always trying to pull that card. Like, whenever they don't understand something, I feel like people are always yeah. going That's like, like the sticks out. I don't know. You play it backwards or Led Zeppelin, you play it backwards, all sorts of oh yeah messages appear but yeah i mean we didn't talk about it but people even said the same thing about beyonce they thought she was all up in that um so yeah life in the fast lane was actually um you know the behind that song Mm -mm, tell me it's about fry and this is like a true story um fry and his drug dealer were driving down the highway and they were talking about I don't know what they're talking about, but they were having like a really riveting conversation. And then they looked and they realized that the car was like going 90 miles an hour and they were like, Oh my gosh. And so they were just like life in the fast lane. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's just about him driving with this drug dealer. Um, And then fun little fact here, victim of love was recorded live on the album and Don Felder was supposed to be the lead of it, but like it really wasn't doing well. And so their manager took him out to dinner while Henley like <laughs> edited the crap out of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Like they're wow. like, he really dubbed over it, but they didn't want to tell him. But so their manager was like, let's go out to dinner. Um, nice. So in 1977, Meisner left and he was kind of having stomach ulcers that didn't really let him sing the same and so Timothy Schmidt came in and replaced him. And then they released a new album called The Long Run, but it sold a lot of copies and it was good. But people were still thinking that like compared to Hotel California, that it was not the same. I remember that album. Yeah. Yeah. Graduating high school. I remember that was just hit after hit after hit. Uh, and I was you know, I knew the Eagles and stuff, and I but I never really bought their stuff. And yeah, it was just all over. Yeah, it was a pretty good album. Yeah, I liked that one. And yeah, like they said, it still was a total success. Um, and so then after that was kind of when a lot of tensions went down. And I tried to find out information about a lot of this, and it's pretty plain and simple from what I found. It basically was they didn't have too many squabbles or anything happen. Like there was obviously when people left the band and whatnot, but um, 
it was kind of just a lot of tension that was building up of obviously being around the same people and, you know, having your differences and stuff. So basically in 1980, they had a show. And at the time, the California senator's wife um, was at the show and she said something like, oh, I'm like, great show or thanks for having me. And um, Felder just said, you're welcome, I guess, to her, like really under his breath and was like very sassy about it. And Fry was pissed. And Fry was just like, I've had enough of this, like your disrespect, like your disloyalty and all this stuff. And so that was before the show. And so I guess the entire time Fry and Felder were just like threatening to beat each other up. Like they're like, I'm going to kill you after this. Like between songs, we're just threatening each other on stage. And then literally that was it. After that, the band broke up and it was just a lot of built up tension that blew up and they decided to it ended up being a hiatus but (laughs) um they broke up for like 14 years or something like that and they were still under contract so they had to release a new album after that but they like all recorded it from different parts of the united states and were definitely did not come together to do it and basically there was a note on the album that just said thank you and good night <laughs> and so it was kind of interesting to me that there wasn't too much to it other than them just getting I know there's some creative differences like between um henley and fry i know that was going yeah. on yeah so that's kind of why they decide they're like he's just like his head wasn't in it and like creatively and like pretty much exactly what you said but uh, i always just imagine there's like more to it (laughs) i know timothy schmidt i saw him there was a documentary or something and he had just joined the band and then he was kind of (laughs) like all this stuff's going on around me you know getting along as well and you know what did i get myself into (laughs) oh Oh, yeah did you ever hear what they said about getting back together Oh, well, well, we'll get into it. Okay. We'll get we'll get there. Um, so in 1980-ish, um, they all pursued their solo albums, which actually they all were very successful solo artists. Um, and I am kind of going to get into that, but I also am not because there's just so much to say about yeah, each of them. Another show. Yeah. But um, some highlights were... Like Felder had a smash hit first album, but not so much after that. Um, Henley became a really successful solo artist. If anyone's ever heard of like the Boys of Summer song, you know, like you would never realize that that was someone who quit a huge band. Like I I didn't know that. Um, And so I was like, oh, okay, I I recognize that one. And then Fry, Fry did a lot of work for like movie soundtracks. I don't think that was probably his goal but he did like Miami Vice and Ghostbusters 2 and did a lot of stuff and then obviously Um, had his own solo career uh Smuggler's Blues is a song a drug smuggling Mm. song it was on Miami Vice and yeah that was a great song really (laughs) yeah I haven't listened to a lot of them but no that's that's a lot of hits Yeah. yeah so they all had pretty successful solo careers in 1982 
they all kind of appeared on um, the Fast Times at Richmond High album, hmm. but not as a collective. So it was basically that movie was somewhat produced by an old writer of theirs. And so they were still under, I think, some sort of contract with him. And so since he was producing this movie, they all contributed some sort of music to it, Okay. but not together. <laughs> and then in 19, well, I guess we're kind of skipping through like 10 years goes by. Um, and then in 1993, a tribute album for the Eagles was released. So the original gang pinged, came back together and they did a take it easy music video and they called themselves like the long run era members. And so it was Fry, Henley, Walsh, Schmidt, and Felder. Um, and that was when they went on the Hell Freezes Over tour because they basically said that they will never reunite unless Hell Freezes Over. And so he's like, we didn't break up. We just had a 14 year long vacation. And <laughs> so they went on that tour and it was kind of, I don't know, in between all of this, they were like doing things, but nothing crazy. And I would say this is kind of the part of their history when I got a little bored, but Felder was actually fired at this point um, in 2001. So they fired him from the Eagles, which another, I, I tried to dig for like gossip and drama and it was just like, yeah, like he just didn't fit in too much. Like this chemistry and performance wise and creatively it just like didn't work out and so Another they fired a big lawsuit on that well yeah so he uh felder tried to fight back and saying like there was a lot of money issues and like i don't know he was just trying to do a lot of counter arguments to it and so they went to court and they did stuff but it ended up kind of just getting blown off because i don't think that there was actually like a reason for it but he was saying it was like wrongful termination basically and well it's so, funny I, i've got a book on that i never read it oh your grandfather bought that oh really <laughs> yeah about not, him getting fired uh it's, it's the eagle's history through don felder's uh perspective oh i feel like i, I saw that on your bookshelf yeah, he's never read it no. huh well maybe that's go. something we'll have to do now yeah so yeah kind of after that a couple more years went by and um a new album how long was released and actually that one was very interesting to me i don't think i listened to the album but it was debuted on the top 20 countdown on the country music videos and so i didn't realize that that was kind of going back to a genre of theirs either that or they just put them there because well that was an history. old old song actually i didn't know that how long oh. right. that um that was oh, wait, yeah older song and then they re but they never recorded it oh that's what it was actually so i think it was a new version of that yeah one of them wanted to use it for like their solo career or something like that yeah. and then they released it so yeah they did that and it actually it became famous and that's when they kind of started releasing their new music since 1979 and so it was quite some time it's a different album it's uh yeah not a real rockers on that, you know, but it's, yeah. a, it's a double album. And I don't know. Last time I listened to the whole thing, I was washing my car, I think, on a summer day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a real good one to wash your car to, you know, or something. Huh. So, yeah, it was just uh, real chill. Yeah. I, yeah, I need to go back and listen to it. But 
yeah, they were on the top 20, which I think is pretty cool. And then, yeah, they released their first new music album for a while. And so they were kind of riding on that high. Um, and they did a lot of touring of whether it was like for their own music or with other people. And actually at some point I wanted to look up a video and I forgot, but they toured with Keith Urban for a little bit. Really? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I didn't, it didn't go into detail, but they did that in like the Dixie Chicks. Um, So I want to see if there's like a potential of them all singing together, but I don't know. They might've just been like an opener or something, but you know, and I, I got to see them. Uh, oh really yeah when you know uh, your grandparents were big into the eagles oh yeah yeah and they would go see don henley solo and then they several times and then they mm-hmm. went to the eagles several times they were on this whole concert I forgot. It just blew they me away that a lot yeah well they never did as like a kid ever right i mean we had an eagles greatest hits album i think i remember but that was mixed in with barry manilow oh uh, yes like, all grandma's favorite Neil, things uh you know all that and so from the seventies kind of pop mm-hmm. era. Uh, but I never heard them actually play the Eagles ever. Interesting. <laughs> so, so all of a sudden they're going to Moody blues concerts and the Eagles. And I mean, they're getting great seats and I'm like, what, when did this start? Uh, <laughs> why I left apparently. Apparently they I guess once I was out of the house and Jen, my sister was out of the house. So, you know, they could afford to go to these things. So <laughs> anyway, they became these uh, rock groupies. And so when um, dad got sick and he couldn't go and they had tickets, he said, would you take, Oh, that's the one you went to. Yeah. So I've never gone to a, obviously a concert with my mother. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I thought, wow, this is, we never have gone to anything like this. There was always dad to ball games and things like that. So, yeah, thing, you know, mom and I are going to an Eagles concert and we had a great time. That was probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to. It's uh, really, they were so professional. It was just, everything was so perfect. They just, the production of that concert was just incredible. I, they were so spot on and they did this Eagles, uh, history of the Eagles tour. It was the last one with Glenn Glenn Fry. And Mm. um, yeah, it was just, it was just amazing concert. And they must've done 25, 30 songs. It's pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you talking about it. So now it's kind of all coming to fruition in my mind. I guess, yeah, kind of going into that, actually, um, in 2013, they did History of the Eagles. Um, and they started out as like a documentary, and then they had a tour to go along with it, which is probably what you attended. Yeah, it must have been. Um, a lot of their past members joined, and there wasn't a ton of like past members and new members, but like the OG people were there, as well as I think some of the newer, like Schmidt and whoever else but yeah bernie leaden came out and that i didn't know much about yeah. and actually when i was there i i just knew there was this other band members you know i knew he there was another band member in there yeah in yeah albums, but i never really paid attention because this guy came out and i got who's that yeah like, okay he his mom bought a program you know she wanted a program oh, like, so I'm go, oh, what's his name what's his name <laughs> and, uh, i'm like oh okay he was on the first couple albums that's the guy mm-hmm. so he came out and they did an acoustic number at the beginning with just these little hanging lamps before they got oh. into so yeah they had this kind of like little set stage him and uh i think it was him and glenn fry did oh, the cool. acoustic, like these super deep cuts from that album you my obviously had listened to those and 
Yeah. Um, I don't know which I, I never had heard the songs before. And so they did these acoustic songs for about two or three songs. And then it kind of, he kind of disappeared. And after a while he played on a little while. And then out of that era, I think he came back a little later. They played a song or two back from his era. So he wasn't there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably five songs, something like that. Huh. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure actually how it all worked out. I just knew that they were mostly all there to an extent, except for Meisner and Felder. Um, and then three years later, Fry actually died. He died from like a few different things. It was kind of just a, a mixture of like, I think there was like diabetes and some other health complications mm-hmm. in there. And it kind of really affected the band. And they were like, not sure if they ever really wanted to tour again after that. Um, And just weren't really sure if they were going to get everybody together after that. But they decided to actually the next year they went on tour. And then I think you had said something about this, but um, Fry's son actually came in and started playing for him and his spot. His name's Deacon. And um, everyone was really impressed with him and like that he sounded actually relatively very similar to Glenn and could play the guitar a lot like him. And so he stayed in the band and toured with them for a while. Um, And so I just think that that's really cool that he was able to even fill those shoes without like, yeah, I don't know, like it's it's a nice gesture, but it's like you can if you're getting into the band itself, like you really actually have to be good. And so I think that that's really cool that he did that. Well, yeah, a lot of people, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's some people, that, you know, that say that without Glenn Fry, they should just hang it up. But I thought if anybody could come in, it was his son who looks like Glenn Fry. He sounds uh-huh. similar to him. And the guy just seems really humble. And, uh, you know, they, they wouldn't have brought him in if he wasn't any good. There's no well, way right. And it's like, it's so much better than bringing in a random person who like yeah. has not even been part of all this history. Like you're not going to do that at that point. It's kind of nice that someone who at least is like related to the band in some way was able to be a part of it, but yeah. And kind of after that, there was like, kind of just kept doing their thing. And then in 2020 this year, they released a, uh, TV concert special on ESPN about their 2018 tours, I guess. And they uh, released like a live album and I didn't watch any of that, but yeah, they're still doing some recent things, but I don't think, I feel like it's kind of winding down for them. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if they'll ever do albums or any of that stuff again. I can't imagine though. I don't know. You never know, but you never know, but I mean, they've done enough greatest hits history albums that i'm sure they'll keep doing more yeah they added vince gill the country guy too mm-hmm. he's in the band now oh i don't, I mean i might have read about that but yeah. i don't remember yeah so him and deacon fry kind of share glenn fry's vocals mm. yeah they do pretty good you know and i don't know some of the purists are don't like that and i, I think yeah. well, that band's always kind of evolved from the four guys originally and Right. But, uh, you know, if anybody could fill Glenn Fry's, sh- you're not going to fill Glenn Fry's shoes, but, you know, to keep the band together. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, still got Henley and Timothy Schmidt and Joe Walsh and some legacy there. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got something to work with, but who knows? So, what are your favorite songs? 
Um, well, now that I'm looking back at my notes, I don't know why I was questioning that, like, how long song, because that that was actually one of my favorite songs off that. And I, did you say it wasn't on an album? No, it's on, it was on the album after they got back together. What's the name of the album called? Oh, I feel like I talked about it, but I'm not sure. I was thinking that it was on the first album. Well, but, it was an old song. That they, yeah, so maybe it just happened to like be in the mix of what I was listening to. But um, yeah, pretty much things off the first album I really like. Take It Easy is just permanently stuck in my brain now. Um, and I actually was listening to like Hotel California, the song. Yeah. I had to make like a work-friendly playlist um at one point and i put that on there just because i'm like oh everybody knows this one and then that was before you ever gave me this topic but yeah no i kind of i really do like their hits i think that that's more where my interests lie but i do like their country aspects and obviously i'm not opposed to like the rock side of things too so it's kind of interesting to see how they evolved yeah, I remember in the concert, they were doing that History of the Eagles, and they talked about that, that they were country, you know, kind of a country influence. And then yeah, that's where in about, I don't know what year it was, 75, 75 76, I go, we wanted to start making rock albums. Mm-hmm. And then that, that's the part of the concert where it kind of revved up. I like uh, Lion Eyes. Yeah, that was yeah, a good one. One of these nights. Uh, one of my oh and i like uh that song by timothy schmidt uh i can't tell you why do you know that one? Oh yeah that's always stuck in my head too i just song. feel like the same songs are just like haunting me now yeah. yeah but yeah they had a lot of great hits like i don't i don't know i feel like there was just a long list of them where it's like i don't exactly have them memorized but <laughs> but i i can know them if i hear them yeah well, i'm glad you enjoyed yeah. it that was that yeah it was interesting yeah i thought you might like them with a little little bit of country to offer you yeah and i mean it's (laughs) not like that was the only reason i liked it but i did find that an interesting aspect compared to what you've given me in the past so yeah well what do you have with a grand reveal yeah what do you have served up for next week i think you're gonna really be happy with me i'm gonna catch you a little bit of a break after um beyonce um, I'm giving you John Mayer. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because I followed some John Mayer early. Uh-huh. And then I've kind of, I don't know, I just dropped off the map with him. And so I felt like it was kind of like a Keith Urban for you where you had a few songs in your iPod, yeah. but I don't know if you knew anything. So I, know, I don't know anything. You know, I know his first two albums fairly well. The okay. Third, I don't know, after that first two albums and i do i like his second album a lot i listen to that a lot but after that i don't know much and i don't know what he's doing and i, I didn't have really no track, idea track him after that so no i want to dig that's actually good because i've been kind of wanting to uh, dive into somebody i haven't really listened to some of their other stuff and i'm trying to think of who i wasn't even going to do and you know yeah. I'm just on my own and so okay That'll be good. Yeah. Cool. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited wondering. to hear about it. I always 
I mean, we talk about this all the time, but I love his sad music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slow dancing in a burning room is just... He's got some lyrics that I'll talk about. I already have one that I just... Of songs that I am I know of his. That, uh-huh. um, he's got some great lyrics. He's, he he's does. an interesting guy. And so I want to... This will be fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, who do I have? Well, yeah. So this is um, an important assignment that oh, I have. So, so I want to... Launching first, one of our long time, well, not long time, but uh, listeners who's been with us since the beginning, uh, Bill, Bill Quinn, uh, is unfortunately dealing with a, a cancer diagnosis right now. And so I want to dedicate this episode and the next specifically to Bill. And that uh, maybe you can talk to the social media on the link <laughs> side of this because I get all messed up on it. But uh, he has a GoFundMe page. They're funding for medication and that type of thing through all this process to get Bill better. And Bill is uh, always commenting on our podcast on, hey, I listened to it and I really like it. Oh, that. yeah. He's yeah. always in our messages. I yeah. mean, we appreciate it, but he's just a and great he, fan. He's a rocker. He goes to concerts all the time and I uh, got to sit next to him to a concert and see what Bill's like in a concert. And he's just totally into it. And uh, so anyway, uh, I want to dedicate this to Bill of getting better. And he has a GoFundMe page that we'll put up on a link. So how are we going to do that? Tell me. I'm thinking that we'll probably put it in the description of this episode, which will be released to all the different platforms. I don't know if it'll be clickable. You might have to copy and paste it into like your phone browser or your web browser, but, um, but we'll at least try to put it into the description. And then if you don't follow us already, um, tuning.in.podcast on Instagram, um, we can make a post about it and, um, people will be able to click on it much easier through there too. So if you don't follow us already do that, this isn't like a, a plug for us like it's just a good way to get in touch with the gofundme link as well if you're if you're interested okay, i know they facebook, really need it Instagram, right what oh facebook. yeah we'll post on facebook as well okay. i don't think we ever talked about that but we uh made a facebook yeah. page <laughs> got permission so, from this from his daughter so kelsey yeah so, uh she said go for it so uh yeah want to help bill out and uh, so absolutely those you out there can help one of our listeners out uh yeah great guy so going with that bill is a huge fan of a certain band that i used to follow in high school and why bill and i never uh crossed paths in high school and talked about this band but uh, it's blue oyster cult this is gonna take you uh into a little darker uh genre but i thought it was good with halloween you know it's right around ha- halloween and so they're okay. kind of in, they're a little sci-fi darker. This will be a whole different deal for you. They're kind, I, they're really yeah, can't say I've ever heard of them. Oh, uh, you will hear a, a couple songs. And I have a good story from one of our uh, young neighbors who actually, I won't say any more, but it was hilarious uh, a few years ago that you know very well that has something to do with a Blue Oyster Cult song. Okay. But, um, I think you're going to enjoy, actually, you, you, some of the songs you're going to enjoy. They're very entertaining. Uh, some of their early works are kind of odd, 
the the first. I have a feeling I know actually what you're talking about now. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very curious. But some of their songs are really fun. Uh, their lyrics are interesting. So um, if you ever download some of the lyrics, it's just interesting, especially some of the early songs. I, okay. Um, yeah anyway i'll just let you but first album's interesting i kind of like the first album uh some of the early works before they were real popular uh then they get you know they got my wildly popular in the probably mid to late 70s early 80s uh, they were pretty popular but they weren't the big band like acdc or anything you know they mm-hmm. weren't like everybody's favorite band or anything you had to, people just kind of knew of them yeah and so um you know that's probably the area you're going to concentrate on is probably more of the mid 70s to early 80s so i wouldn't spend my whole time on the whole span other than to recognize it and a little bit on the early years and but they're pretty i think actually some of the songs you'll you'll like i would uh off um off the record here on you know i'll text you a couple albums i think you should listen to but uh, all the way through I would suggest. Okay. So I think you're going to, I know you're kind of going, what are you getting me into? But, I'm, I have a lot of just, I'm just curious. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be interesting, but that that's Bill's favorite band. I was going to say, I'll do it for Bill. Yeah. Maybe not you, but I'll do it for <laughs> Bill. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. No, and there's some, uh, their logo is interesting. You like logos. I do. Yes. So this is going to be up your wheelhouse. Cool. Well, I will check it all out. I'll try to take your pointers. Yeah. And we'll chat about it next week. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. All All right. right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Next week, Um, uh, next time, John Mayer, Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yet another weird combo. All right. (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks guys. All right. So, hey, till next time. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Bye. Bye.